28 Minutes or Less Podcast with Estop Foster, Foster, Foster. Yo, 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 what's good? What's good? It's your boy S. Foster back for another episode of 28 Minutes or Less. And this is episode 134 of the podcast. And um back on my shit again, you know, back on my gangster series that I love to do on this podcast. I have a very interesting person for the subject matter today. It's someone that is a little bit, you know, I try to use the the most not noticeable ones, but this is one of those ones where, you know, if you're in this world, um, there is a movie that's portraying this person that is a very popular movie that people know of. The person I'm using today is Albert Martinez, best known as Alpo. Um, you know, Alpo is um, a very, very interesting person. Um, when you hear about his story, um, the things that he's done, how things end up ending for him, you know, serving his time and then end up, for some odd reason, going back to the state of New York in Harlem where it was being said that, you know, people were saying like, Apple, like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't wanted in these streets. Uh, he ended up going back, getting shot and killed and all that type shit. So the thing about Alpo, see, you kind of have to really start from the beginning, right? You know, a person who um, was known to start selling drugs at the age of 14, but you also have to look at the times of the street legends that were being spoke about kind of seen, you know, some of the guys was a little bit more behind the scenes, but you had street legends like Bumpy Johnson, Frank Lucas, um, what's my dude's name? Nicky Bonds. So, growing up in these times, growing up in poverty and all of these type things, you know, it was really only that in the ball players and seeing the type of money that these guys was making seeing that the respect that these guys got in the streets a lot of these guys end up looking up to these type figures you know when you're growing up you know, Alpo grew up in Spanish Harlem, but I'm getting to, you know, his partners of Harlem that grew up in Sugar Hill, you know, Rich Porter and Azon, well, AZ, uh, Fazon. I get into them a little bit later, but like, even though they grew up on different sides of Harlem, you know, they're, they're always growing up in poverty, but at the same time, you have these hood legends. Um, like I did an episode of Nicky Bonds and Frank Lucas in the same episode, New York, New York. You can go back and go check that out. But 
I think that when you don't have much to look up to, I, I speak about this all the time when I do these episodes, when you don't have much going on in your life, you don't have nothing to look forward to, your, your mom, in most cases, is struggling, and you're trying to pull yourself out of a situation, and you see these guys getting fast money, not saying that it's okay, but, you know, a lot of these people are growing up with no hope. So this is the path that Alpo ended up taking. So to get into Alpo, you have to get into Rich Porter and you have to get into AZ. So Rich Porter was a friend of Alpo's. And what really changed a lot of things when it came to the pecking order of these guys even really, you know, raising up in the game. Like they were selling, you know, they were selling cocaine and things like that, but like it was on a much smaller scale. Like they were just really kind of getting by. And so one of the things that really changed a lot of things was when this guy named L.A. got shot on the rooftop. You know, it was after a basketball game in Rucker Park. You know, everybody know about Rucker Park, Dr. J. You know what I'm saying? At the time, it was Lou Sindor. You know, changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, everybody know about Rucker Park. We, we know, like, that's what it is. And so, L.A. gets shot at the rooftop, and L.A. was a good friend of Rich. And so, Rich, was really like next on that pecking order because LA got took out. But at the same time, he wanted to retaliate, end up doing this shootout. And so he get locked up for a year. And so when Rich get locked up for a year, he hooks up AZ with his man. And so now while he's locked up, AZ becomes the man, right? So then AZ ended up meeting Alpo and so now when Rich get out, they become like the three kings. Now, we all know that this was being portrayed in the movie Paid in Full. You know, if you want to hear the episode of Paid in Full, go to Viewers Anonymous. Me and my guy, Scoots Bronson, we covered this. Um, Paid in Full is one of those films where like look it's a hood classic you know what i'm saying dane dash was able to you know get this thing off the ground he was able to put cameron in the movie i think cameron played alpo to the to the t you know what i'm saying like i think that even though this wasn't really like apple's story because the movie was more centered around AZ and Rich Porter. So, Alpo was the person that ended up being, I guess you could say the bigger street legend because of what ended up happening to Rich and what ended up happening to AZ. And that right there left a clear lane for Alpo to be the person to end up getting like the American gangster made on him, you know, getting all of these bios and all this shit made on him because of what ended up happening to AZ. 
So AZ ends up, you know, going to an apartment building. I believe that's where his aunt stayed. And so it was five people in the apartment. One's including his sister, AZ's sister. And AZ is getting robbed by his sister's boyfriend who, you know, was played in a movie. Um, Cause all of this, you can see this, well, the fictional version of it and paid in full. And he was really disappointed because he was a drug dealer as well. He gets locked up. And so when he gets out, he see the AZ is the man now. So he asked him, you know, for an opportunity. He gives him an opportunity, but it's something at a lower scale. He felt disrespected. He was like, yo, I want my old spot back. You know, this, that. He was like, yo, like you hot. I can't give you your old spot back. Like you just got out. You know, basically take what I'm giving you and roll with it. Well, he didn't like how, kind of the way that the movie betrayed it. Um, Alpo was getting more, Rich was getting more. He kind of felt shorted. And so he was like, you know what? I'm gonna do my own thing. And so when he say he do his own thing, like, hey, do what you need to do. Next thing you know, he comes to rob him. He ends up shooting everyone in the apartment and AZ got shot nine times, two times in the head and didn't die. So when he was in a hospital, you know, he ended up telling on the three guys who did it and, but they was trying to get him to snitch on Rich and to snitch on Alpo, but he never did. He just snitched on the, but let me, let me rephrase that. He told on the people who shot him and killed his family members. And so they ended up, all three getting charged for murder and attempted murder. And the reason I switched that up the way that I did is because I don't consider that snitching. If someone shoots you and you are doing a criminal activity and they want the people who shot you and the people that you're doing criminal activity with and you just tell on the people who shot you, to me, that's common sense. Like, yeah, I want y'all to go ahead and arrest these people who shot me and my family members, but I'm not telling on my guys. And so with that, AZ, for turning those people in, he don't really do any time. He recovers, but he tells them that he's getting out the game. He's like, I'm, I'm done now. Like this, you know, this game isn't worth, I'll, obviously it's not worth what happened to me and what happened to my family members, so I'm out. So that's how AZ ended up, you know, he kind of like bowed out. Like, you know what, y'all want to keep doing this shit? Y'all keep doing this shit. So while all this is going on, so like that's one king that's going down. Now something that Alpo ended up doing was he realized that going down south, going down to DC, he could end up making more money down there and more of a profit. So what he would do is he would drive down to DC and he realized that he could end up making a $3,000 profit. So it was one of those things where he kind of wanted, you know, Rich to, 
to come down there with him, but Rich didn't really want to do it. So he would go back and forth and he would buy from Rich, but then he ended up feeling like Rich was shorting him. And that takes this whole thing into a different situation. So before I get there, there was, when you look at DC as what it was in the 80s, um, DC was a place that was getting around like 100 murders a year in the 80s. But once you got up to 90, 1991, ended up having over 400 murder cases and became the murder capital of the world. And one of the reasons, obviously, is because of crack cocaine, heroin, coke, um, crack and all this type of shit. But there was a mayor, Marion Barry, and you know, he ended up getting caught on tape smoking crack. Um, you know, it was a sting that was that was set up, and what they were able to find out was Marion Barry was actually selling it as well. So when he gets arrested, it kind of really helps Alpo in a way because Marion Barry is a mayor. He's a bigger fish. And it's like, yo, we have a person that's actually in the government that has a high-ranking position out here selling crack. And so Marion Barry really became that big target at this point. And so what's end up happening is during that time, on February 21st, 1990, there was this guy, the drug dealer, his name was Jawbreaker. He ends up shooting Alpo. So Alpo ends up, you know, being in the hospital and all this type of shit. Now this happens four weeks after Marion Barry got arrested. So then, two months before Rich Porter's body is found, shot and killed by Orchard Beach. And this is two weeks, and then two weeks later, Darnell's body is found in pieces. So now we got to go back to the three kings that I was talking about. AZ, shot nine times, yo, I'm out. So now you have Rich Porter, who is dealing with, no, yo, okay. This is so crazy. Rich finds out that his little brother Darnell is kidnapped. Ended up getting a ransom for half a million dollars. And to prove that, that they were for real and that they actually had Darnell, they said, we need you to go to a McDonald's. Go into the restroom. They found a container in the restroom that contained two of Darnell's fingers and a tape recording. And the tape recording is Darnell 
in the back screaming and crying, saying, give them the money. So when you go back to paid in full, there's a scene where money making Mitch and Ace is sitting in the car and he was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I gotta find a way to get this money. And at this point, Ace has been out of the game for a while. You know, he's still recovering from his gunshot wounds. And he's like, yo, I only got like this much money, but I got some product. Okay. Mitch goes to Rico and say, you know, I got this, got that, blase, blase. But the way that they portrayed it in the movie was that he was going to Rico to help him sell these drugs so he could get the money to get, um, oh man, I forget what his name was in the movie, but basically Darnell back or whatever, and then he ends up killing him, blase, blase. Well, what ended up happening was Alpo and Rich was, they got into it because Mitch, excuse me, Alpo felt like Richie was overcharging him. And so he ends up killing him and with him killing him means that Mitch can't get the ransom money to get his brother and so what we find out about Alpo we end up getting locked up I get to that but we end up getting locked up we end up snitching on everybody and all of this he admits to killing Mitch oh, I keep calling him Mitch um, rich and but he says he has nothing to do with Darnell well what ended up happening with Darnell is we find out like I did an episode on here me and Scoops did called the biggest snake and I said the biggest snake in the film was the uncle in paid in full which his name was Ice in the movie. I say he was the biggest snake because he was the person, Darnell's own uncle, his mother's, excuse me, yes, his mother's brother kidnaps him, holds him for ransom, see that he's not gonna get the money. And because Mitch body was found two weeks earlier, because Darnell knew who they were, they kill him, chop him up in pieces, and put his body basically in the same area that Mitch's body was to try to see if the cops would say that these crimes were connected. So Alpo said, I didn't have anything to do with it, but in our actuality, he didn't, but because of his actions, it also affected what happened to Darnell. All of this shit is crazy. I know this, like the, the, the wild part about this is that this is a movie, but it's actually real life, which is so crazy. 
But when these three guys was running Harlem, like that was making like 100K a week, just, you know, really becoming like those guys. You know what I'm saying? And the thing that AZ and Rich had a problem with Alpo was, was Alpo was very flashy guy. Like their stories, like he was already like a hood legend before he really got with these guys. But, you know, they obviously skyrocketed him. But like he used to do things where he would get a motorcycle and pop a wheelie all the way down the street while the cops chasing him. You know, would wreck the mo like he would do wheelies, wreck the motorcycle, next day buy another motor motorcycle and do the same shit all over again. You know, there are stories that he would buy like $100,000 worth of fireworks and just shoot them bitches off. Like, AZ would be like, yo, like, man, you need to chill. Like, you're drawing way too much attention to yourself. And this was one of the disagreements that they didn't like about him was be a, because of how flashy he were and how much he would draw attention to himself. And they would be like, yo, like, man, you need to, you know what I'm saying, you need to calm down. And like, you know, and when they really became like the three kings of of Harlem was, you know, around like 1986 and, you know, things like that. But it was, like I said, it was it was one of the things that they didn't like about him, but at the same time, they was like, all right, you know, he, he's doing what he needs to do. He's making his money and all this type of shit like that. So when another thing that you need to realize about Alpo was, you know, everybody talked about how charismatic he was. They was like, yo, like, it's so crazy that he was like one of the nicest, funniest guys, but at the same time, he was the most ruthless killer at the same time. Like, he admitted to ordering 14 murders. But at the same time, he kills a guy that's supposed to be his right-hand man in Rich Porter. But you hear more stories about he killed a lot of the friends that he associated with. Like, a lot of the dudes that they were like, he'll be buddy-buddy with you one day, and then the next day, boom, you're out of here. And so, which I thought was weird for people to tie themselves to him after knowing, like, this is a dude that you were just talking to yesterday. This is a dude that you, you know, you dapped him up, or, you know, gave him a hug, whatever the case may be, and then you kill him. It's like, why would you want to be associated with a person like that? And so, like I mentioned earlier, when it comes to DC, he is going back and forth to D.C., but he also saw an opportunity. Now, with AZ being gone, Rich being gone, this is what happens. Ray for Edmonds did an episode on him. Ray for Edmonds ended up getting locked up, you know, gets a life sentence. Now you're sitting here looking at an opportunity that came about because Rafer was locked up, that opens, that really opens up the door because like DC is looking at it like, yo, we got the biggest drug dealer out of here. So we're thinking the crime rate is gonna go down. The drugs are gonna go down. But Alpo steps into that. Now, a month before, 
AZ was shot. No, excuse me. Alpo ends up getting shot, but it's from a whole to totally different thing. It is a different. How do I put this? It is not related to any of the other stuff that's going on. This is just really just being a part of the game. And so what ended up happening, this, okay, there's a guy named D'Amico Benson, right? So there, so back then, like a lot of people know about this, there were a lot of drug dealers like funding basketball games and things like that. So they're doing this basketball thing. It's like 200 people at the park. Dude named D'Amico Benson. Apple have a beef with him. So him and his hitman, Wayne Perry, goes to this basketball game Signal thrown. Perry goes up and shoot Benson on the middle of the basketball court. Instead of you doing what you think mm, a normal person or people would do, is you you would you would naturally think you would stop the basketball game and you know either try to give aid to this person, call the police, whatever the case may be. They kept playing and just was just jumping over the dude and just kept doing what they was doing. And so that's wild. I'm talking about wow. You know, but growing up in these type of situations, seeing some of the things that these people see, but also these people are afraid for their lives. Like they are scared to um really do anything about it because they feel that their life is going to be in danger. And so now Alpo is really, you know, trying to make DC, you know, the area of business at this point because he see an open opportunity. And then plus, I think he kind of afraid that the Mitch, I want to call him Mitch <laughs> because of the movie on uh, Paid in Full, but Rich, you know, was killed and all of the heat from that type stuff. So he think DC is the place. So in November, 1991, he's with uh, Natasha Rowland, which uh, was a girl that he was associated with, but he had a lot of girls, but this is just a girl that he was with that day. And, you know, they hear, you know, through the grapevine that he's gonna be at a certain place. So they roll up on him and Natasha was driving the car. They hit the lights on them. She pulled a car over. So a cop that Alpo already knew, he sees him and he was like, he kind of gave him the look like he knew it was over. He was like, all right, let me reach over and get my license. And the cop is like, he think he's getting the gun. So he's trying to reach over in the car, but then he realizes, and there was another cop on the other side, on the driver's side. He hear that the engine, the engine is being revved up. And what Apple was trying to do was he was trying to throw the car into drive so they could peel off on him. But the cop was able to stop it and they arrest Apple. 
And it was so crazy that the, the cop was like, yo, he was like, the thing about Alpo was, he was like, there was no struggle. He's smiling, he's joyful. He was like, man, at the end of the day, to be honest with you, he like, I like the guy. He was like, he was funny, he was charismatic, had a great smile. He was just like, he was really a cool guy. And it was like, it's crazy that he could be so ruthless, but he was so charismatic at the same time that he came off likable. And that was one of the, the wild things about him. And so what Alpo ended up doing, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Alpo knew that they could hit him with the Rico. And so he did what, you know, you tend to see a lot of people do in those situations. When you can get the chair, he snitched. He snitched on everybody. He told all of the murders, all that shit. Like, you know, he had 14 counts of criminal charges. Um, he ended up getting convicted for murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and various drug charges. And because he snitched on all of the people that he was associated with, he gave details. He, they said the only murder he showed remorse for, for was Rich Porter. But he did say he didn't have anything to do with Darnell. Um, he got sentenced to 35 years. Like I mentioned, he got out around like 2019-ish. Um, and then he ended up getting shot and killed October 31st, 2021 in New York. I guess he thought it was safe to go back. Come to find out, it wasn't safe to come back. But to grow up in these situations and to be as ruthless as these people are, like I mentioned a lot of people that were they were bad people, man. Like the uncle of Darnell, um, you know, for an innocent kid to be kidnapped by his own uncle, you know, just walking to school and he gets in the car because he knows the people, he knows the guy and he knows his uncle. Like, oh, okay, cool, I get a ride. And to see that they're gonna cut two of your fingers off and then they take the fingers to a McDonald's and leave them in the bathroom with a tape, like that's insane. Um, but, you know, I always say this, I don't say this, or excuse me, I don't do these to glorify the people. You know, this is just one of those things that, um, you know, I find interesting and I think they're interesting stories to tell. Um, there are a lot of podcasts that either do serial killers or, you know, murder podcasts and things like that, which this you know, involves murders in it. But um, it's just one of those things, man. I just find it fascinating. Um, but that's all I got for today. Shorter podcast today. Um, you know, I want to thank my guy Casey um, for everything he do for the podcast, the music he provides for this podcast. Um, great team member, man. Um, I appreciate everything. I appreciate the support. 
Um, also, shout out to my guy Scoots Bronson. We do that I do the viewers anonymous with. Um, the last podcast that we did, we did the documentary BS High um, about the Bishop Sycamore um, extravaganza that happened with that bullshit. So go check that out on all major platforms. Uh, shout out to C, shout out to E, shout out to JD. I appreciate everybody's support. And until the next time, this is episode 134 of the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, and I'm out.